0: On today's episode of the Blue Bloods, uh, we're finally getting around to coverage on this year's national championship game. I know we've already touched on it plenty of times, but we did promise you guys this in-depth preview of the game. So on this episode, we really only have one segment, and that's the preview of this game, but we have broken it down into so many different parts. I guess you could call those segments. Um, but we did that so that we could bring our, ne- our best analysis to you guys. Uh, but we have a ton to cover in this episode, so let's go ahead and kick it off. Obviously, we only have this one segment, like I just said, uh, but it's our national championship preview. So here we are. We already made it to the end of the season. Uh, what a ride it's been. I mean, I think this is what, this is our 47th episode. That's yep. insane. Never, I mean, never even dreamed of getting to 47 episodes of this podcast. Uh, but here we are. Uh, we've got Clemson playing LSU in New Orleans. Uh, LSU is a five and a half point favorite as of today, uh, as of recording. Um, I I think the line started at minus four LSU, and then I think it jumped up to minus six. Now it's sitting at minus five and a half. Um, So what we've done is we've broken this down into several different segments. Uh, Zach, did you want to start with just like a basic uh, run through on this one like we do with the rest of our pick six, or what were you thinking?
1: Yeah, uh, we could just give like a brief thing. I mean, all all I know is, dude, I I literally – I don't think I've ever been more excited for a game and I'm not a fan of either of these teams. So I can't imagine how you feel about it, but, (laughs) but uh, I am absolutely just, uh, I I cannot wait. I I literally, I have to work Monday up until this game and I don't know how I'm going to do it. I I literally have no idea how that's going to happen. Uh, Whoever I work with uh, Monday, I, I'm sorry because uh, your boy will be focused on other things uh, <laughs> for sure. But man, I mean, I just I just can't remember the last time I've, I saw a matchup with that just intrigued me so much. I mean, between the quarterback play of Burrow and Lawrence, and the coaching, you know, matchups as well. I mean, you have Dave Aranda and. Um, Brother. uh brett venables yeah and then you have just scott i mean you have joe brady uh this 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 is just going to be an outstanding matchup and i cannot wait for it
0: i agree with you and so i mean all my my entire notes for the uh beginning of this segment were just talking about how good this game's going to be but you've heard me say that uh you've heard me tell you how good this game's going to be but if i can convince just one more person to watch this game then i know i did my part uh but, I mean, we do have a real analysis coming, like I said. Uh, but just let us sit here kind of in awe and wonder for just a minute. Zach just talked about how he couldn't even imagine how I'm going to handle my Monday or how I'm going to handle any of these days leading up to the game. Uh, I'll tell you how. I have class that day. That's my first day back to class. I'll be wearing my jersey um, to a school that's not LSU, so that's going to be interesting. But, uh, anyway, let's go ahead and get into this uh you know, I guess into our breakdown of this game. Uh, so just a disclaimer, this episode is probably going to be a little bit shorter uh, than the previous few, you know, we've been putting out hour and a half long episodes, uh, but it turns out when you just do one preview and no segments, instead of covering a few games with a lot of segments, shows are a lot shorter. Uh, so let's go ahead and get this one started. And the first thing we're going to look at is the matchup to watch in this game. Zach, I mean there's a million and well not a million. There's there's a ton of matchups to watch in this game. What is the one that you wanted to uh point out as maybe the most important?
1: Um I have LSU's defensive line versus uh Clemson's offensive line. Uh might be a kind of an out of the box matchup uh you know especially with all the skill position matchups we have, including Derek Stingley and uh, Justin Ross and T. Higgins, and even on the flip side, Isaiah Simmons versus Claude Evers-Hilaire and all that. But I think this is going to be the biggest matchup that decides this game. Um, You know, if LSU can't get to Trevor Lawrence and force him into some bad throws and force him to escape the pocket – you know, I think he might pick this LSU defense apart. I mean, yes, this LSU defense has been really, really strong the past three games. I have some stuff on that later. Um, but, you know, moving on from Lawrence, I mean, you still have Travis Etienne in the backfield. And, you know, I I think it's funny because a lot of people will talk about how important Clyde Ever's hilarious to LSU. Travis Etienne is that player for um, Clemson.
0: Yeah, Clemson's, I mean, they're obviously they' run-first team. And that's why, I mean, Trevor Lawrence has put up incredible numbers this year, but that's why everyone's talking about he's not having the same year that he had last year. Uh, and, and that's just a fact. I, I mean, he has very similar numbers, but you have to remember, he didn't play a full season last year. So when they, you have very similar numbers, but you played maybe four more games, it doesn't look great. Uh, you have twice the amount of interceptions that you did last year. People are always going to pick that apart. But, yeah, I mean, Travis Etienne is the heart of this offense, and that's pretty obvious.
1: Yeah, I mean, he's averaging eight yards a carry on the year, man. Yeah. Uh, that's that pretty stout. And then to even go into further, I mean, let's not sleep on this LSU defensive line. This is the main reason why I picked this matchup. LSU's defensive line is the reason for their recent explosion on defense. Um, so you guys remember there's been a lot of talk about LSU not having a great defense. Well, you know, against starting from the A&M game and moving through Georgia and Oklahoma, um, this team has been unstoppable on defense and it's because this defensive line is getting pressure and shutting down running games. They held Deandre Swift to what, like seven yards and they held Georgia under a hundred yards rushing. And over the past three games, they've had 11 sacks. Uh, that's not outrageous amount and Dave Aranda is going to have to rely on this defensive line to get some pressure and shut down ETN and force Lawrence to beat them and they're going to have to get to Lawrence and that's why that's why I picked this matchup I think this is a matchup that you know the average fan probably won't really pay attention to but if you listen to this podcast you must love football and so that's that I'm going to be watching this matchup extremely closely on Monday
0: Right, and to add on to what you're saying, you know, this is my matchup to watch. <clears throat> I picked one that uh, maybe an average fan would know more about. Uh, the one that is going to be more obvious. Uh, I, you know, I think it's a fantastic choice by on your part. But, um, but put the linebackers into that equation too, and I think you did, like that edge rush by Clavon Chase on um, uh, stuff like that. Like Jacob Phillips just putting pressure on every quarterback that he's been playing against. Patrick Queen's. I mean, it's just. All these guys are putting pressure on the because the lining up is outside linebackers is what it is. And they're really getting this edge rush um, in there. And yeah, I think that's a very key part of this uh, of this matchup. So my matchup to watch for this game, it's you know, like I said, it's one of the ones that you're it's going to be more obvious. Um I've got <laughs> I've got T. Higgins versus Derek Stingley. Uh, I can't wait. Dude, that is going to be absolutely insane. I mean, you have T. Higgins coming in for Clemson. Uh, on the year, I mean, 56 receptions, 13 touchdowns, 1,115 yards. I mean, he's up there in every single category. He's he's averaging 20 yards a catch. You know, that's insane. And then you have Derek Stingley, the, the true freshman coming in. Um, you know, he plays cornerback. He's got 30 tackles on the year. That's pretty, that's pretty standard for a cornerback. But hit, when it comes to interceptions, he has six. He's tied for fifth in the country. And when it comes to passes defended, wait for it. He has 15, and that's about three times as much as the second place uh, as the second place defensive back on LSU's squad. I mean, Grant Delpit, I believe, has like four passes defended this year. So Derek Stingley, I mean, if you've watched this guy play, you know he's an absolute electric factory, um, and you don't even have to watch T. Higgins play to know that he is. So this matchup might, uh, you know, I don't want to say it's gonna, uh, I don't want to say that it's going to decide the game but it's definitely going to sway in one direction or the other um, because I don't really have too much uh, faith in LSU's rush defense at this point in the year. I definitely think they've been doing a better job. Uh, Zach highlighted that, but I think that if they can shut down Trevor Lawrence through the air or at least shut down uh, T. Higgins, then LSU has a much better shot at winning this football game.
1: Yeah I have a lot of confidence in Stingley Uh, you know but you know to build kind of off your point I think I think there's another cornerback that I'm more worried about than him you know we probably figure that Derek Steele is going to be on T Higgins I mean he should be the best cornerback should be on the best wide receiver I'm more worried about if you go down the depth chart though Um, you know Kerry Vincent Jr. has been has had a great year too I mean he's he's has four interceptions. I believe that's second on LSU's defense behind Stingley. Uh, but is he going to be ready for Justin Ross? Cause Justin Ross is not a scrub. And, I mean, and I'm really interested to see how Justin Ross steps up in the absence of T Higgins next year, uh, because there's been times where Lawrence has relied on Ross more than Higgins. And so, these other cornerbacks like Vincent, and then I mean, you could even go down and talk about Christian Fulton. Um, are they going to be ready to defend T. Higgins? And then you have Amari Rogers, who is a less known playmaker for Clemson, but let's not sleep on Amari Rogers. He is right up there too, and he has is explosive. And I'm really interested to see how these maybe less known cornerbacks uh, face a pretty a really really good receiving core for Clemson.
0: Yeah, I see where you're coming from with that point. Um, You know, I'm going to give Kerry Vincent Jr. a lot more credit um, than I think a lot of people will. You know, on on the air, he has four interceptions. And you see that number four right after I talked about Stingley's six, and you're like, ah, well, you know, whatever. Uh, He has three more tackles than Stingley did in the season, and he has, you know, not almost as many passes defended, but he's got nine passes defended on the season. That's a big number. I mean, uh, you know – A lot of people don't realize it, but these cornerbacks aren't all the time just knocking down passes, Uh, and they don't hand out passes defended like it's nothing. I mean, you have to make an active play on the ball to get that. Uh, So I have a lot of faith in Kerry Vincent Jr. Um, I understand what you're saying with, like, with with DBs like Cordell Flott and Christian Fulton. I I mean, they have had good seasons, but I don't know if I – trust them nearly as much as the as as these two um but yeah it's definitely going to be an interesting matchup between lsu's uh you know defensive backs and clemson's receiving core especially when they have trevor lawrence passing to them
1: yeah i just it's going to be an interesting matchup regardless and i mean really and truly you can even flip it around and talk about it Are is clemson's secondary ready to defend jamar chase are they ready to defend Justin Jefferson is I mean we'll get to it in the positional breakdown but LSU's wide receivers are a lot deeper than Clemson's
0: oh yeah I agree with you 100 I mean
1: when Randy Moss's son is the fifth best wide receiver on the team that's a problem man
0: yeah but yeah uh, definitely so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, move on from the matchup to watch and we're gonna move into a segment within this segment that is probably going to take the most amount of time out of this episode we've got the positional breakdown and Zach, why don't you lead this one? Because I don't know how you wanted to break this one down, but I'm ready to go wherever you want to start.
1: <laughs> I, I say we start with the most important position, man. Uh, let's start with the quarterback, quarterback. matchup. Uh, oh, not fullback? Okay. Yeah, no, but hopefully not fullback. I don't even think – I don't think either of these teams really use a fullback that yeah. much. Uh, Corey Carr I know, is
0: always use fullback. So.
1: Yeah, I mean, I know they each have fullbacks on the roster, bro, but, like, I mean, how often do you see Clemson, like, line a fullback up? Yeah, that's fair. Not very often. Um uh, so, I mean, tell me, man, uh, which team do you think you know has the better quarterback in this? Like, you know, who would you give the edge to in this on on this position? And you know, if you want to cop out, you can push on some of these positions because I mean, we are going to get to some positions that are pretty pretty close. You know, it's going to be hard to pick a team that might have the advantage.
0: Okay, so everyone knows I am an LSU fan. I want to give the edge to LSU. I promise you, I'm going to be as uh, I'm going to try to be not biased in this segment. Um, but honestly, at the quarterback position, I do think that LSU has the edge, especially this year. I mean, they've got they've got the Heisman Trophy winner throwing passes for them.
1: Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to argue, but I, I do have a little – I have a push. This is one of the positions I did have a push at. And let me explain before I get jumped on. Um, it's not that I think Joe Burrow is bad. I mean, I was on the Joe Burrow Heisman train before Brandon was. Uh, we can pull the tapes. Brandon will admit that I was as higher on Joe Burrow than he was to start the year. Right. Um, Joe Burrow has been the best player in the country this year and that's not a debate. And if you want to debate it, just don't just go ahead, go to sleep and sleep on it. Cause you're going to lose that debate every single time you can argue with someone who can't even speak yet. I, I have a little brother doesn't speak very well. He will bully you. If you think <laughs> Joe Burrow is not the best quarterback was not the best quarterback in the country. The reason I give this a push, though, is this. Joe Burrow is a senior this year, correct? I mean, he is going to the NFL. Trevor Lawrence is a sophomore. Trevor Lawrence actually comes into the game with more experience than Joe Burrow, Um, Mm. especially in games like this. Because, I mean, Burrow set the bench, bro. Burrow set the bench, and this is his second year at LSU starting, right? He had like 30 passing. He had like 30 completions at Ohio State. Okay, but that's – so what? I mean, we're talking about Lawrence. This is his fourth playoff game, his second national championship, dude. Okay, I mean, sure. So he has more experience on the biggest stage. Would you agree with that?
0: I guess so. I mean, yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, I mean, because what what bowl game did LSU go to last year? Uh,
0: I don't want to talk about it.
1: Okay. um, You know where Trevor Lawrence was? He was uh, winning the national championship after destroying Alabama. Um, And the thing that gives this a push, so, you know, then I'll go to the intangibles. I don't think either of these, I don't think this moment is going to be too big from either quarterback. Neither quarterback is going to back down in this matchup. I think Lawrence and Burrow are going to be ready. They both have that it factor. And so I'm giving this a push. I think, I really don't think – I think both these quarterbacks are really good. That's why I don't think this is going to decide, you know, everything. I, I just – I don't see this matchup being huge because I think both quarterbacks are going to put on a show. I, I don't see either a way that – both of these quarterbacks don't have 300 yards passing.
0: No, I mean, I, I I definitely agree with you there. I think they both have 300 yards passing. Uh, well, Okay. So
1: at least two fifty, right? Clemson
0: doesn't lean on the run game as much as they have been all season in both of these games. Both of these teams have uh both of these quarterbacks have three hundred yards passing.
1: Yeah. Okay, I'll say two hundred. I I I feel like uh, yeah, 200 for is sure two hundred. 200,
0: for sure a 200. safe
1: bet. Oh, unless one of the defenses just or at least, unless uh Dave Miranda or Brett Venables pulls out to something wicked, <laughs> like they right. pull a Kevin Steele and everything gets shut down. I don't see it. And I don't know about you. I, I did some research, and I don't remember a better quarterback matchup in the national championship in a long time, man. No, me either. Like, Lawrence and Tua last year, pretty good. But, not. I mean, it was a true freshman versus, you know, a, a sensation that – I mean, both of them, that that was their breakout year. I really can't remember just a, a more interesting quarterback matchup than this, and I'm so excited for it. But let's move on to running back because I, I think this is going to be an interesting one because, I mean – this is this is I think all these matchups could go either way on a lot of these positions.
0: Uh, I, I'm going to give this one to Clemson, and you know while, I am too. <laughs> yeah, like, there's just not really an argument there. You know, I, I think that Clemson has obviously Travis Etienne's the best running back in this matchup. That's just don't even try to argue with it. Clyde edwards alaire is great. He's a really good running back. I'll take it back. He's he's really good. He's a really good running back. He's not great. Um, Travis Etienne is outstanding. Um, I mean, it's a guy that LSU obviously wishes, you know, if they had another chance, they would go back and try to get him on, on the team. Um, they passed on him. They basically, you know, we, we've already been down this road. Anyway, um, but the, the only thing that I will say that makes this a little bit closer for LSU is that while Clemson is deep at the running back position, LSU has – like three or four running backs that can all get it done so if quiet yeah. is isn't 100 percent, they've still got i mean they still got terry and davis price chris curry uh john emory jr i mean they've got all those guys that can get it done as well
1: yeah because uh uh john emory jr had a hell of a game um you know in the ssc championship game mean, right. he had, was pretty good uh i also gave it to clemson and I mean, I just want to say, man, for as good as Travis Etienne is, I think he is one of the more underrated running backs in the country.
0: Yeah, he flies under the radar for sure.
1: It's ridiculous. And people forget how good of a receiving threat he is. I mean, those two two receiving touchdowns in the playoff game are the only reason they beat Ohio State.
0: Yeah, I mean – Not only does he have 1,536 yards uh, rushing on the season. I mean, that's that's on 192 carries. He has fewer carries than Clyde Edwards-Alaire. So you thought that maybe LSU wasn't running the ball as much as they should have been this year. Clyde Edwards-Alaire this year has 199 rushing attempts. Uh, You know, so that's, that's, what is that, seven fewer? Uh, It's eight yards average for Travis Etienne. (laughs) Not only that, he has 32 rece- He has 32 receptions for 400 yards. Yeah. He averages 12 yards a reception. That's insane.
1: Yeah, and, I mean, really, it's really – so we really didn't pick a position to watch the most, but I think this, this is the most important just sole position of the game, not matchup or anything, just sole position. Whichever running back can establish themselves in the game and open the field up for their quarterback – is going to win this game because I think both defensive corners are going to start the game trying to slow down Lawrence or trying to slow down Joe Burrow. Whichever running back opens the field up for their quarterback, that's the team that will most likely win this matchup in my opinion. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, oh, the so we'll go to wide receiver. And to start this off, since Brandon keeps uh, – I keep making Brandon go first. I have LSU uh, for the wide receiver position. And that's not – it's not due to talent, guys, because uh, – T. Higgins and Justin Ross are grown men that are explosive and stretched and to stretched the field. But like I said earlier, when, when Randy Moss' son is the fourth, fifth best wide receiver on the team, that's when you know you are deep. And between Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you have – not only is he the fifth best receiver on the team, I mean, he's a tight end who could be confused for a receiver. I mean, he runs routes like yeah. a receiver, right?
1: Yeah, I mean, so look at insane. the look at the play against Oklahoma where he scored on the um, when I mean they just they just ran a straight deep route and no one covered him.
0: Uh, I mean, yeah, uh, this guy—it's Randy Moss's son. I mean, come on.
1: Yeah, and let's not forget how good Claude Evers is out the backfield either. He has fifty catches.
0: Yeah, I mean, we I just, mean, we just talked about. Uh, I mean, we just talked about Travis Etienne. They have very similar numbers, except for. Um, well, they have very similar yards. Uh, Travis Etienne has more touchdowns and fewer receptions. But, I mean, Joe Burrow has dropped this ball off to Clyde Edwards-Alaire 50 times this season.
1: Yeah. Just uh, – it's, it's going to be such a ridiculous matchup. But, you know, people forget Justin Jefferson has over 100 catches this year. Dude, he has
0: like a – what is it, 102 yeah, he's 102 catches for uh, it's over 1,400 yards. Yeah. I mean, he is the third leading receiver in the country, and that's only behind uh, that's only behind Jamar Chase at second, and then first place is like a receiver from Arkansas State. It's yeah. uh, it, oh, his I forgot his name. Uh, anyway. So it's just it's it's crazy, you know, for LSU to have two of the top three wide receivers by numbers in the country, probably the top two wide receivers. Just if you look at them as that, like like if you look at them objectively, then yeah, it, it's it's insane. This wide receiver core is it's playing out of their mind.
1: And people forget uh, LSU is averaging almost four hundred yards passing a game. They have, uh, the, they have the number two uh, passing attack in the country. Um, I believe they're behind Washington, Washington State, State. which yep. yeah. But you, you know how – I mean, they don't run an air raid offense.
0: No, they don't spread offense. It's just regular spread offense.
1: And, I mean, if you look at the attempts, I mean, Joe Burrows did like 478, and I believe Anthony Gordon's like just blowing him out of the water in attempts. With And so uh, they're way more efficient – offense than um you know washington state but you guys gotta remember i mean lsu is the number one ranked offense um according to the SM- P rankings or whatever they're called i don't know what i forgot what S P stands for but yeah they're the number one offense Say sixth let's not sleep on clemson but i mean the, the the thing holding lsu back you know offensively is their rushing game they're only 61st in rushing yards per game
0: uh right but when you're but, when you're quarterbacks averaging you know 400 yards a game you don't really I mean your rushing game is important but it's it 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 becomes far less important
1: exactly so we'll cover one last position on offense the offensive line and I'll I'll go first again uh but I give it to Clemson by a hair um and, and it's just because uh, just based on all the analytics, all the stats, and just watching these teams, I think a good way to tell which offense line is doing better is pass protection and the running game. And Clemson runs the ball a whole lot more efficiently. Yes, LSU doesn't run a lot, but just based on running back averages, Clemson runs the ball better. I mean, we've seen just bust-out runs from Lawrence, from uh, Lynn J. Dixon, from Travis Etienne. Uh, I think Clemson's better at it. Uh, Both these teams are good at pass protection, but I just, I I give it to Clemson by a smidge. And then look, looking at pro football focus, Clemson is the seventh ranked offensive line while LSU is 30th. So that's a pretty big difference. Trevor Lawrence has been sacked over 10 times less than Joe Burrow as well. So I think you have to give this to Clemson.
0: Uh, This one for me is a push. Um, both of these uh, O lines are outstanding. Uh, LSU's O-line won the Joe Moore award for top offensive line in of the country this year. So yep. pro football focus can take that and shove it. Uh, <laughs> but Clemson's incredible too. I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. You know, if I had to give it to somebody, I'd probably lean toward Clemson, but I'm going to, I'm going to mark this one up as a push. Mike, um, you mentioned, uh, you know, Trevor Lawrence does get sacked far less, uh, but I also think that's because Trevor Lawrence can get it done on his feet more than Joe Burrow can. Uh, I think that he can avoid a sack, whereas Joe Burrow kind of just you know if he if he needs to, he'll fall on the ground, he'll take a sack to avoid inter, an interception or a uh, or, or any other you know anything else. So or or fumble, anything like that. So uh, I'll give this one a push. I, I think that LSU and Clemson both come in with a very strong offensive line.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's fair. I'll, I'll give you that. Um, and so moving to the defense, uh, this is where it's going to get hairy because I think one team dominates on defense compared to the other, just breaking down position by position. We'll start a defensive line. Uh, Brandon, who do you think has the better defense out of these two teams? Better defensive uh, line out of these two teams? It's Clemson, and it's not close.
0: Uh, you know, <laughs> LSU's defensive line, like you mentioned over the past few games, has looked pretty good. Uh, a lot better than they've looked all season. But when we're talking about strictly defensive line, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about nose tackle, defensive ends, Clemson like dominates, you know, and that's not to say that LSU dominates linebackers because they don't. Um, But Clemson obviously is going to dominate the defensive line. You know, Uh, they've got, I mean, it's like leaps and bounds better
1: yeah I agree with you I have I have Clemson by fairly wide margin and it's not that like you said it's not that LSU doesn't have you know any good players but when you're starting defensive tackle is getting you five sacks on the season that's pretty stout with Tyler Davis and then you go to the outside with Xavier Thomas that is just a monster to try to block and you know, then you have you have them bringing people off the edge, and I mean, this just defensive line is stout. I mean, they are they are number one in. Um, I believe, let's see, yeah. I mean, they're number one in almost all these defensive stats. They have the number three defense total. They're the top scoring defense. Uh, you know, when you only allow about three yards to carry, that's that's pretty uh, that's pretty stout, man. And they're yeah. top ten in tackles for loss, eighteenth in sacks. I mean. I just don't understand. I don't see how you could go any with any other team other than Clemson. I think Clemson has the best defensive line maybe in the country.
0: Right. And the only reason that I would even think about mentioning LSU in this, conversa- in this conversation is because of Braden Fahoka, um, the Hawaiian offensive lineman. Uh, he's from Honolulu. And this guy's electric pregame. So that's the only reason I would give it to them. And he's not even like – he's not even a great <laughs> defensive lineman. I'm not going to act like that. Um if anybody for LSU on the defensive line is getting it done, I think it's uh, Rashard Lawrence. It's just the big nose tackle. But
1: yeah, oh, he's a he's a beast. Plugging up the uh, it, don't forget, man. Rashad Lawrence is going to be an an NFL stud when right. it comes to that. He's just,
0: he's just the biggest guy I've ever seen in my life,
1: and he moves too, man. Don't don't he think you can outrun like that. that boy. Oh man, he's a stud. But to go to linebackers, I'll start this one out. I give it to Clemson by a large margin again. Yeah. Uh, but when when you have Isaiah Simmons, <laughs> I mean, right. it is tough. And I mean, Isaiah Simmons is the weirdest, most dynamic player I've ever covered. Man, I mean, to be a to be a linebacker, safety, defensive end, cornerback. I mean, he can do. He can play literally any single position on the field. He has six sacks on the year, ninety-seven tackles, three interceptions. I mean, it just the kid is everywhere, and that doesn't even you, yeah, you forget about. I mean, he's he's been all over the
0: place this season. Um, I mean, just obviously. I mean, what does he have? He has 97
1: tackles this season. Yeah, that's just crazy. and 61 of them are solo. Yeah,
0: that's six sacks. I, I mean, this guy. I don't. I mean, how how can you argue against that?
1: You can't. And I mean, that's not even. Including um, Chad Smith and Braylon Spector, and let's not forget about Jake Venables. Yeah, the last name sounds familiar. It's exactly who you think it is. And and you also have James uh, Scholaski. Um, I mean Clemson's top three linebackers have ninety seven, eighty five, seventy five tackles. And if you think it's a big fall off, their fourth best has forty three tackles. Yeah, that's that's just not fair. And and I mean, just Clemson is that good, guys. And The thing that I think sets their linebacking core apart from other teams in the country is the way they pass-defend. You know, you don't have the number one passing defense in the country without your linebackers really stepping up. And when you look at these linebackers, man, I mean, they can pick the ball off and they can go back there and really defend passes. And I'm really impressed with what Brett Pinnables has built here at Clemson. And so I I think defensive line and linebacker go to Clemson by a significant amount.
0: Right, no, I, I definitely agree with you. I, th- I think that Clemson takes uh, both of these, both of these uh, areas. Um, LSU has looked, you know, increasingly better uh, as time has passed. I mean, players like Jacob Phillips, um, uh, Patrick Queen, and I mean, just I mean, you can name them, but uh, I mean, they haven't really gotten it done this year. Clavon Chase on, if anybody, I mean, he's just that edge rusher, just insanely. I mean, he's talented, but he's he, you know. He's no Isaiah Simmons. Um, and, let's
1: not, and let's not forget, uh, speaking of linebackers, that Michael Divinity is coming back for this game.
0: But is that a good thing for LSU? I, I need to talk I don't about know. this.
1: Okay, yeah, t- t- talk, talk it, boy.
0: Well, <laughs> talk well, it. When you think about it, I mean, yeah, obviously it's, it's going to be uh, at least a decent thing for LSU. Um, everyone talks about Michael Divinity. When you talk about this uh, LSU um, – we talk about this LSU linebacking core, that's who you think, or at least that's who I think of. Uh, but should we? I mean, I understand he's got the sacks under his belt. He The last game he played was against Auburn. Um, but he hadn't done great. I mean, other than against Texas, where he just had an outstanding game. Uh, I mean, he first of all, he sat out for – for the you know, later part of the season, uh, due to academic issues, he ended up graduating and he's coming back. This is his first game back since Auburn. I mean, I just mentioned that. Um, but his, I mean, his total tackles this season are sitting at 22 and it's not like he sat out for a majority of the season. He sat out for November and December. So yeah, that's, you know, comparing, comparing that to his junior season where he had 54 tackles, um, I mean, it's just it's a little bit downhill. I think that the players that are behind them are even stepping up and they're they're filling their parts. And uh, obviously, this LSU defense looks, I mean, a thousand times better in the past couple of games. Uh, you know, you know what I'm saying? Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, it does. And I think the I think the biggest change. From him coming back and him sitting out is the pass rush. I think that's that's what makes him the most valuable. Like that, that's what makes him valuable to this defense is his pass rushing ability. Uh,
0: since he's been out, I mean, Clavon Chason has been all over everybody's back.
1: Oh, that's that, that's that's true. I mean, and I think I think he is one of the more underrated players on this LSU team. Yeah. <clears throat> I think you get caught up thinking about Grant Dell Uh You get thinking about. Jacob Phillips, Jacoby Jacob Stevens, um, you know Patrick Derek Stingley, clean. all these, I mean, all these yeah. players, and so I just think he gets forgot about. But I, I, I don't, I never will say that having a player like Michael Divinity coming back is a bad thing. It just might. I, I'm interested to see how it, how the flow of it is, and I think Orgeron and Aranda are thinking about that. And I don't think they're. I don't even think he'll start. Honestly, really and truly, I think he will be used on a as, as need basis.
0: One of the things that I do think this is the only. I mean, this is the main reason that I think that it's a good thing to have him back. Uh, I think that team morale will just be through the roof having having this player back. Having this guy, who's I mean, he's a senior this year. He's played four seasons with LSU. Having him back for this national championship is going to have everyone on this defense fired up. They're glad to have him back. They've been playing without him for the last part of the season. Uh, so to have him back is just going to be – I mean, it's just going to be a morale boost.
1: Oh, yep, yeah. uh, I agree. And so to move on to another position, we got two left. Uh, we got defensive back, and I'm giving this one to LSU. Um, that, see, that
0: ne- That's surprising to me. I also gave it to LSU, but I thought I was being biased, so it's good to hear that.
1: No, I, I, you're not. Um Yes, Clemson has the number one passing uh, defense and all this other stuff. I, I got you. I've, I really hear you loud and clear. <laughs> um, but when you look at the – you know, you you got Kayvon Wallace, Tanner Mews, uh, De'Aaron Kendrick, A.J. Terrell, all amazing. I, I mean, I don't think Brandon will argue with me. I don't think anyone who watches football knows all those people are good. Right. The thing about it is – They are helped out with a great pass rush and a great linebacking core. We just talked about how good their linebackers are at covering. This is just DBs. I think Jacoby Stevens, Grant Delpit, Kerry Vincent Jr., Derek Stingley, Christian Fulton are a better overall group than the group Clemson has. I think they're deeper. I think they're more talented. And if you look at – I know recruiting rankings suck. If you look at recruiting rankings, the only – positions that LSU is better than Clemson and 247 recruiting rankings is the this secondary blows Clemson out of the water all these Clemson people are four four and three stars LSU's got some studs in the back end
0: I mean Derek and, Stingley is a five star he's a true freshman and he's he's I mean I think this year he's had a better year than anybody else on LSU's
1: defense well he won SEC uh, SCC, uh he, he was like what the SEC defensive freshman of the year
0: yeah, and they still gave the Thorpe Award to Grant Delpit.
1: Mm-hmm. That was the lifetime achievement award. But, you know, Grant Delpit hasn't had the best year, but also Grant Delpit also has not played with such a deep secondary in a while. That's true. I think this. I think I think Jacoby Stevens is underrated, man. Are y'all really gonna for a safety to have five sacks, I mean that's pretty stout, dude. I dude, mean Andy's he is playing what, a
0: linebacker. I think he's gotten those a linebacker, but um yeah, I mean this guy's insane. I know what you're saying. He's got 85 tackles this season. As a, I mean, he's primarily a safety.
1: Like yeah, said. and he's got three interceptions, so he can ball halt. And I, I just, I really think LSU's deeper here. That's not. This isn't a knock on Clemson's secondary, but for me, I think LSU is stronger at this position than uh, Clemson.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you 100. Because and, and like I said, I thought I was being biased here. Glad to know that I'm not because Zach is a critic and he'll let you know.
1: Yeah, that's a fact, especially if it's not Auburn. I will, I will yeah. let y'all know. I'll, I'll, I'll give y'all the truth here. So we got one more position, not really a football position, uh, the coaching. Who has got the coaching advantage, Brandon? Ugh. You can the, include coordinators too. This is just. This is not just head coaches.
0: Are we going position by position or are we just going full coaching staff? No, just because full coaching staff. If we staff. went position by position, it would be so much easier. Okay, um, let's go position by position
1: then. Let, let's hit it. We got it, Tom?
0: Okay. Head coach, I'm going to have to give that to Dabo, obviously. Dabo, I would hope is, so. Yeah. I was about to
1: roast you if you were so biased you gave that to no, Coach O. No,
0: it, it's it's Dabo Sweeney. How could it I,
1: be? Speaking of that, I saw a post that was like, if you could have one of these four coaches right now, who would you take? And it was like Coach O, Saban, Sweeney, and someone else. Um, And people were saying Coach O, and I was like, dude, Really? Like, yeah, he had a great year this year, but you're taking Coacho over Dabo Sweeney and Nick tell me, Saban. Okay,
0: but tell me if this makes sense. So I, I obviously understand. I understand Nick Saban is probably the greatest college football coach of all time. Dabo Sweeney's getting up there. He's definitely the second best head coach, or maybe, maybe first best right now. But he's. I mean, it's obviously those two, one and two, for best college coaches right now. I would prefer to have Coacho. Coaching my team. Like that's just a personal thing.
1: I just love it. Okay. P- personality wise, Sweeney and Coach o are in their own league. I'll I'll give you that. But as great if a guy's Cocho is Dabo Sweeney's right there, man. There are just awesome stories as well. About you, okay. Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, I
0: understand. You just can't you can't hate Dabo. You can't hate him. You can't hate Coach o. But when it comes down to coaching, I mean, just to what it really is, the core of what coaching is, Dabo Sweeney's the better coach.
1: Oh, that, that's a fact. But, dude, the, the story that came out today about Coach O's stories about him <laughs> ripping his shirt off and shotgunning two Red Bulls to motivate his team, dude, I have never about, heard of.
0: I've known about that for so long. I don't know how I haven't told you.
1: Dude, I literally, like, that made my whole day. I, I literally wrote a letter to Auburn saying that if they don't fire Malzahn, I'm going to become <laughs> an LSU fan just for Coach O because that's what I need in my life
0: uh he he put a worm in his mouth too uh when he was in college he put a worm in his mouth to give a speech it was it's it's electric i'll tell you that some other time um
1: that's that's amazing
0: he said he wouldn't get out of bed if he couldn't if he uh what what, 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 what was his words
1: it was it was a whoop another man's you know what you know until you give me my explicit card brandon i can't (laughs) i would be glad to but you said we get taken off of stuff guys um, you see, Brandon's handcuffing me over here, guys. I, I can't express <laughs> me back. myself. Yeah, hold me back. But, you know, i also give it to Sweeney. I think that was a given. But offensive coordinator let's, –
0: Let's not do offensive coordinator. Let's do offense and defense because LSU's right. offensive coordinator is Steve Ensminger. But we obviously want to include Joe Brady in that conversation too. So let's just talk about offensive coaches, defensive coaches, and then we'll end it.
1: All right. I, got, I think I would – Ah, God. Can I just push on this one? Is that that allowed still? Hey, I'm going push. Um, Guess Joe Brady has had an explosive year, but Dabo Sweeney and Jeff Scott have done it for longer and more consistently.
0: Um, I'm going to give this one – I'm going to give it to LSU. Joe Brady is electric. Everyone in college football wants him. I think teams in the NFL want him, uh, and LSU is lucky to have him. So, uh, you know, Steve Ensminger – don't sleep on Steve Ensminger, though, because – Uh, I think he's really excelled in this spread offense. You know, he kind of, he's the offensive coordinator. People, a lot of people think that Joe Brady is. Joe Brady's the passing game coordinator. You know, he's not even the offensive coordinator. So, um, you know, both of these coaches combined, I think that they are outstanding. And I think that they've done a better job this year, uh, especially with, with what they have.
1: I'll I'll give you that. I mean, it's a push for me just because ah, just just taking one year into account so hard. But uh, to move on to defense, ah, I'm giving that to Clemson by a thousand percent. It has to be. I I I don't even care. I'm sorry, y'all. You got. uh, I just I don't know how anyone could give it to. I don't know how you could any team Clemson faces. I'm giving it to Brett Venables.
0: Yeah, that's true. I, think- I mean, and Dave Aranda is the highest-paid assistant in college football right now, and he doesn't deserve that. You know, I'd hate to lose him at LSU. Uh, you heard how angry I got when I thought he was going to UNLV. Uh, yeah. It's <laughs> raw emotions. But, look, if he went to UNLV, okay, so if this was the scenario, if Brett Venerables was like, hey, I'm signing a contract with LSU to become their defensive coordinator, I'd be like, okay, well, I'll see you later, Dave Aranda, because I don't even need you anymore. And that's just That's just a fact. I mean, Brett mm-hmm. Venables. This, this defensive coaching staff for Clemson is just. I mean, they're the best in the country.
1: Can we say? I, that I right? think. I I think Brett Venables is the best assistant coach in the country.
0: Yeah, I think so too.
1: The fact that he is a still is still not a head coach is criminal. He Doesn't
0: want to be a head coach. That's I don't awful. care.
1: They should make him. You know how Ooh. in high school. <laughs> you know how in high school football, if a team's too good, they'll make you move up a a division. Yeah. That's how it should be, Brett Venable's. They should have be like, "Look, dude, you're too good at this. So you you got to go." You
0: Think the NCAA should just step in and be like, "Hey, you aren't allowed to be a coordinator anymore. You have to be a head coach, or you can't coach."
1: There, there you go. Uh, are you? <laughs> are, are you? So you're telling me Joe Moorhead is just going and, and Willie Taggart are just going head coach to head coach job, and we got this gym right here in Clemson that's just chilling coaching defenses. I mean, I, of course, I don't. In case you guys don't know me, I am just joking. In civil, I should not make someone do anything, but it is still criminal that this dude is just a defensive coordinator because I think he would be one of the best coaches in the country.
0: He would be, and I, don't, I can't understand for the life of me why he doesn't want to be a head coach. But
1: he I, I, almost got, I almost got so excited. So in case you guys don't know, Brad Fennables played football at Kansas State and was a coach here. And Kansas State was all willing to write him, a, uh, offer him a blank check to come here.
0: That's he, was all,
1: he was the first person, and Kansas State pretty much said, I'll write your number, and he said, I still want to be a defensive coordinator.
0: Ins- insanity is what that, that is.
1: That blows my mind. Kansas State didn't even let Bill Snyder write his own checks. Right. And they were willing just to be like, look, dude, we will sell these students. We have 20,000 students. We will sell all of them for you. Just come. That's how bad we need you. So uh, just it, it breaks my heart that he is – still a D coordinator, but I got to ask you, man. so we were going to do a segment called Coaching Breakdown. We kind of already did it. Which coordinator matchup are you most looking forward to?
0: Um, I mean, obviously, LSU's offense versus Clemson's defense, I guess. Is that what you're asking? Well,
1: well no. Like, I mean, you could just be like Venables versus Joe Brady or oh, Jeff yeah. Scott Venables, versus Venables, David Randall. Joe Brady.
0: Venables, Joe Brady, and it's not close. Um, because, like I said, Joe Brady's not the offensive coordinator, but he is the pass game coordinator, and LSU's, offense is mainly just joe burrow airing it down the field to his receivers so um i you know like i mentioned in my matchup to watch um i think that i think that these wide receivers versus these dbs might be a controlling factor in what decides this game so yeah Venable's versus uh, joe brady is going to be absolutely it's gonna be like two wizards just going back and forth
1: i'm so interested to see uh brett Venable's strategy i uh, uh, I literally, he's going to walk out to the field with just 11 defensive bags, And Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. But that, that, that,
0: it's just going to be insane. So, I don't know. This just kind of crossed my mind. Do you know how much money I would pay that if instead of a halftime show, we just had Coach O and Dabba Swinney just straight up MMA, put the cage in the middle of the field, going at it?
1: I'm taking uh, Coach O. Coach five O, million. a
0: million. Yeah, but I'd, yeah, I'd love to see it. I pay so much. I mean, na- name a number. I'll tell you yes or no.
1: Uh, a zillion. Yes. Yeah, I'll pay a <laughs> zillion
0: dollars. I'll do it. I don't care.
1: Uh, it's I a thousand percent, man. So, um, you know, we'll we're gonna have two more segments before we give our prediction. Um, what is your one statistic? Like, when you look at after this game, what is one statistic that you think is going to be key to, to point out the team that wins this game?
0: Oh, you're really going to put me in the spot here. Um, I am. <laughs> that's insane. Uh, I'm going to have to go with – I'll go with time of possession. How about that? That's, okay. that's crazy because LSU has not I – don't, I don't really know that they've controlled time of possession very much this year at all because their offense is just – I mean, they're lightning quick. They get the ball and they score. Um, they don't really punt that much. That was one of the stats I was looking at today when I was doing research. Uh, because I noticed that Clemson, and this is how in depth I went. I noticed that Clemson's, uh, punt team or their punter has a longer punt average than LSU does, but LSU punts, I mean, one less time per game. So that's, that's going to be key, but time of possession. Um, that was another one of the things that I was uh, looking at in this one. LSU usually controls the ball for 30 minutes, uh, in a game. So half of it, um, Clemson's holding the ball for about 31 minutes a game. I think that if LSU can switch the role there, if LSU can hold this ball for more than half the time, then this game's theirs.
1: Yeah, I I like that.
0: I mean, that keeps this Clemson offense because, I mean, you know, let's not beat around the bush. We just went through every position, did a breakdown. Clemson has a pretty good uh, offense and LSU's defense, not the greatest. So the less time that Clemson has the ball, the better in my opinion. For LSU.
1: Yeah, uh, that, that's completely fair. I have no problem with that. Uh, uh, I have two. I cheated. But I have one that's the most important, I think. Okay. And that is uh, rushing yards. I okay. think the team See, that
0: – That's tough for me, though, because I think Clemson's going to get that regardless. And I don't think this is automatic for Clemson. I think it's going to be a close game, but I don't think it's going to be automatic.
1: Dude, I'm telling you, if LSU cannot establish the run game – And Clemson rushes two, three players, and they have eight, nine people in the secondary. It's going to be a bad game for LSU. And you know I'm going to give my prediction in a minute. So are you? I don't have it that way, but I'm telling you, if LSU loses this statistic by more than 50 to 100 yards LSU is going to get run out of the, the Superdome.
0: But here's my problem with that is that Clemson on average this year, I mean, what are they they're averaging 246 yards a game, right? On the on the ground? Uh yeah. And then that's to LSU's 166. And I mean, and LSU still has, I mean, they have they they score more points a game. That's just because LSU usually blows Clemson out of the water when it comes to passing yards. I mean, LSU's passing for for 397 yards a game to I think you
1: could throw those averages out the window, man. Cause I mean, okay. So let just uh, answer me this. Has Clemson faced an offense like LSU's yet? No, no, not no. even close, right? No. Has Clemson faced a more dynamic or a better defense than Clemson?
0: As LSU. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think they faced a more dynamic or a better defense, but I think that they've, they've been close to that.
1: Okay, so who do you think is the best defense LSU's played? Uh,
0: probably Auburn.
1: Would you, if you compare Auburn versus Clemson right now, outside of maybe Derek Brown, is there a player on Auburn's defense that would probably be a star at Clemson or even a start?
0: Okay, that's a good point. But what about what about Florida too? I mean, Florida they have, uh, like I mentioned yesterday on yesterday's show, they have uh, more sacks than anybody in the SEC. I want to say they have more sacks than Clemson does too.
1: Yeah, they do. Clemson's not a big sack team. Uh, they and, they when really... lit, and when you let
0: and uh, when you let and when you're not sacking Joe Burrow, that's a problem. I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, Clemson's 18th in sacks. I mean, they average about three a game. That's pretty decent.
0: Yeah, uh, it's
1: not. I mean, and and Joe Burrow's been sacked almost 30 times, man. That's that's a that's a good right. bit of hits.
0: No, well, if you've watched an LSU game, you know he's not really getting hit that much. I mean, he's getting hit that's sometimes. True. That, but that's not Usually, a hit, he's but... falling on the ground, uh, avoiding, like I mentioned earlier, avoiding a fumble and avoiding a disaster, like avoiding maybe an interception.
1: Yeah, I just okay. So listen, I, I understand Clemson will run the ball more. But if Clemson can run the ball down LSU's throat and Trevor, and opens up the field for Trevor Lawrence where LSU has to bring an extra defender down to stop Travis end, it's going to be a problem for LSU. Because, you know, you just gave your time of possession stat, right? Right. What happens if Clemson can run down LSU's throat and control the ball and LSU can't do the same to Clemson? Who's winning that time of possession stat? Uh, Clemson is. You're right. Okay, so the running the ball is going to be important, regardless of who runs it more. Uh, Claude Evers-Hilaire is going to have to run for more than 100 yards this game, and I bet on it. If Clemson holds Claude Evers-Hilaire to under 100 yards rushing, Clemson wins this game.
0: Okay. Yeah. I mean,
1: and that's just, you have your and then, opinion, I get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> My backup stat is turnovers.
0: Yeah, turnovers uh, are important
1: in every if, game. People forget. If I think... Both of the both of these quarterbacks will throw an interception on Monday. I'm calling that. You think so? Yes. Both quarterback both quarterbacks throw an interception. Whichever quarterback throws that dreaded second interception is going to be the quarterback that loses the game.
0: I mean, I, I I'm retired from gambling, but I'm I'm willing to go in on uh, over under one and a half interceptions in this game. I'll go under.
1: A bet. I'll go over. Uh, we let's, can put let's, a bet let's go, a lot let's go on the off podcast. The on
0: let's, go off, let's go off there with this one. But.
1: <laughs> there we go. There we go. We'll go off there for that one. But, yeah, I think both quarterbacks throw an interception. I th- and I think they both come early. I think both quarterbacks probably throw an interception in the first half.
0: Okay. That's very I do,
1: cool, But, okay. It's not. Justin Fields had one interception coming into the playoff game. He threw two.
0: Okay. Yeah. Against
1: okay, Clemson. Okay. Uh, that's just how I feel. And I think Derek Schenely is going to grab him one. And And you know what? And if it's not Derek Steenley, I think Grant Delpit is going to have a big game because I think Grant Delpit is tired of being disrespected because there's been a lot of talk about how he has not lived up to expectations, and I think he's sick of it.
0: Yeah, that's mostly just coming from me. So he's going to – and look, it's, it's going toward motivation, so it's not even a bad thing.
1: Yeah. Another so, thing
0: that might, that might uh, control the outcome of this game is penalties. Which team is more disciplined? You know, oh, a, th- I mean,
1: a thousand percent.
0: I mean, it, both of these teams are pretty disciplined, so I don't think that it's going to come down to that. But if you never if, know, man, you never. That's what I'm saying. You never know. So,
1: yeah, that that is that. I just I just feel rushing yards are going to be the thing. That I'm just going to go with rushing yards, turnovers, nice second one. But yeah, and we'll see. I just can't wait for this game. There's there's so many unknowns. I'm just so interested to see how this is going to turn. I wish this game was played tonight.
0: Right. And, and, you know, and I think that's other than our score prediction. Oh, no, we have gambling pick. Let's go with the gambling uh-uh. picks. We don't have we have not had gambling corner in a minute. So, Zach, if you had to make one bet on this game. Actually, I want to start because I've got one that I'm like, I'm yeah. I'm go ahead. Go, I ahead. go ahead. You go ahead.
1: start. Ooh. OK.
0: And hear me out. I I'm not going to give my prediction yet because I was about to. I If I were you guys out there listening and you wanted to make some free money, take my advice real quick. Take Clemson plus five and a half. Because oh, the spreads game, jumped to six. No, the that, that's on ESPN. That's not, oh my that's God. not real. That's not real. No. Okay,
1: go ahead. Take, it, take it from
0: me. It's, it's, it's five and a half, I promise. I mean, you can find it at six. You can also find it at six and a half, but the consensus spread is five and a half. Um, okay. Anyway. So, take Clemson plus five and a half, and I've – listen, I'm pretty confident in this one. This game's going to be close, um, and if LSU wins this game, it's going to be by a field goal or less. So, Clemson plus five and a half is my – and this is the last time I can say this, this is my mortal lock of this season.
1: Uh, Okay, so I guess if I had to have one, I'm doing the over-under. 69 and a half. 69 and a half. It's good (sighs) – oh god i'm gonna go under it
0: wow okay
1: I, I say my mortal lock of the season my last one guys we've had a hell of a season for the first season of the blue bloods uh i'm going with a mortal lock for under 69 and a half nice
0: okay uh yeah so in my heart i know that i want to take the under but i just in good conscience can't take the under in this game so <laughs> I, I, would, I would go with
1: the over. you want to know why brandon
0: you want to do that Go ahead. I mean, you, I'm, not, I'm, not, you, I'm not like bashing you. I'm just. That's I, know,
1: I No, I, I'm just saying. I want. I know why you're doing that. Um yeah, And I'm, it's because you know if it's under LSU, doesn't win the game. That's fair. Okay.
0: Good point. All right, Zach. So let's go ahead and move on to our score predictions for this game. Who we think is going to win and what we think that margin is going to be by, and I'll let you take the lead. Oh, you're
1: going to let me start. I wanted you to start because I, I know. Start, I mean, if you want me to start, I'll start. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Everyone I want to hear. I have. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's why I want you to go first. Let's, well, let's go, leave. Tigers.
0: Which Tigers am I talking about? I'm talking about the one that spells it <laughs> with five letters. Let's go, Tigers. I've got LSU in this one, obviously. I've ridden with them all season long. I haven't picked against them. Uh, I'm knocking on wood right now because I know that's probably going to curse me. Um, and I've been big on the reverse curse this week. You can ask anybody I've talked to. But I've got LSU winning this game forty one to thirty eight. That's a three point game. Um, I, I need uh, I need to see that score.
1: I mm. need to. Ah oh, God. Oh, you're about to be so mad. Oh, I'm about to all give him my pick. Um so guys, I'll also pick the Tigers. Um and I picked the Clemson Tigers, unlike you Brandon. The, you
0: pick the Tiger that looks like it's on meth. I get it.
1: That's true. Their mascots are ridiculous. But I'm going with the real Death Valley um, oh. on this one. <laughs> oh, Don't do it with me right now. <laughs> uh, and I'm go- oh, God. I'm going with Clemson 34 to 24. Uh, uh, um, yeah, uh, a whole no, that's 10 points. That's 10 points. Oh, 34, 24. Said-
0: oh, that breaks my heart even more. What's going on?
1: I I ouch, think
0: ouch, 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 ouch.
1: okay so I think it's going to be really close in the first half I think toward the end of the game Clemson's going to pull away a little bit cuz I think Clemson wins uh rushing yards and they win turnovers I I think um I I'm picking this I did it last year last year I won you know I'm not like Brandon I don't have my gambling addiction I won the bet I made. We're
0: fighting, hold on!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I won the bet last year I made with a really good friend. Um, made some money where I picked Clemson to beat Alabama by fourteen or more. Oh my! Last God. year, what kind of and spreads
0: were you looking at? What? Who,
1: what? No, no, no. So all we did, we bet on who's winning how, by how much. He had Bama by seven. I had Clemson by fourteen. Oh, I'm gonna get you a. Um, is that you? Can't be taking that kind of action. I mean, I understood about it that
0: time, but, man.
1: I did. And I predicted Tua was going to throw two interceptions. He indeed did. Joe Burrow throws two interceptions. Clemson wins by 10. They control the clock with Etienne. Lawrence is dynamic on his feet again. And Brett Venable slows down this – this LSU offense, I don't think Edwards-Hilaire is going to be a huge factor in the run game, and I think they're, they're, going, to get, they're going to be able to drop eight nine people back. And Joe Burrow is not going to have the passing lanes that people think. And in New Orleans, uh, it's tough to pick against. You know, it's going to be a LSU crowd. It's going to be a home game for LSU. Clemson is going to come in there spoil it. And you know, Sunshine does it again. Trevor Lawrence is going to. Win the MVP. I think he's going to be the X Factor. I'm taking him over Boro in this game.
0: Yeah, you guys. So, man, we will be recording an episode the night of the uh, of the National Championship. So, you're going to get one, or one of two Brandons. Um, you're either going to have the happiest Brandon alive, or you're just going to have Brandon who probably says about three words because he doesn't want to be recording. So, just get ready for that. Be prepared. Um, I'll be
1: ready regardless, guys, because I, I don't really care. Yeah, um, okay, cool. So <laughs> your boy will be the leader of the podcast uh, come c- come uh, Monday night. Uh, it'll be dropping Tuesday morning. We want to stay on top of this for you guys. So we're going to be recording late in the night for you guys. So be ready for that. Check it out. And I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure you guys are just as excited as uh, we are for this game. And we'll be dropping post. Uh, we have more votes coming up we have punter and punt return our last two all decade votes coming out Thursday and Friday Our all our all decade offense is done. That'll be posted tomorrow as well, along with this episode. Uh, hopefully if you know that you're listening, you already know that, but, um, we're also posting our bowl game awards on social media. Um, and you know, we'll probably even post our positional breakdown and who we, uh, pick to have the better one. So, uh, be on lookout for all that. We're going to be real active and, you know, we'll kind of update y'all on our all season plans come uh, next week after the national championship.
0: Right. For sure. So we, you know, like, like I, like we've said before, we have a lot of plans for the all season. Don't think that just because the college football season's over that we're done. We're, we're never done. We don't sleep. Um, You know, if you don't know us too well um, then you probably wouldn't know. Even if you do know us uh, we're surprisingly driven. So just, (laughs) Uh, be, be ready for all this content we have um we've got a lot of stuff that we haven't that we haven't brought up to you guys yet um we're hiding it for your protection but it will be coming to light pretty soon so just be prepared be on the lookout uh keep listening keep subscribing keep uh you know keep sharing with your friends uh keep sharing with not your friends keep sharing with everybody that you know or people that you don't know make new friends by sharing this Uh, but anyway, we'll be back soon enough. We'll be talking about the outcome of this championship game. Uh, but for now we're out.